Let the congregation arise now for the gospel. Our gospel lesson for today, the 20th Sunday after Pentecost, comes from Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared the dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, maltreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those who are invited are not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone that you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so that the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe, and he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? He was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. People of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Yesterday... Facebook reminded me that it was the first anniversary of a couple that I had performed the wedding a year ago. And as I was looking at some of the pictures that they had posted, I found myself in some of the pictures because they were from the ceremony. Now, what kind of caught my attention was that I was wearing some out-of-the-ordinary clothes that day. Um, this is something that I do every time there's a wedding. I always ask them, hey, what do you want me to wear? Because some people want me to dress just like this. Some people want me to wear the robes that I sometimes wear. Some people want me to wear something different. Now, this particular one, I was wearing this jacket and these shoes. But I was wearing jeans, and I just had kind of a regular, a regular red shirt on. And I wore that to match the general theme of, of what they were wearing. So I blended in. And I thought, well, that was kind of cool. But... Weddings make me think that normally there's kind of a normal mode of dress that, that we wear. And, and it's not just weddings that this happens. This happens in a lot of different things. And it reminds me of a couple of different times when I did not wear the correct mode of dress. Now, the first one, this goes back years and years ago. I was about 23, and I was going for a job interview at a, um, at a lawn care company or at a, yeah, it was a lawn care company. And when I had read the ad, it had said it was in sales. And I thought, okay. And they always say, you know, dress for the, dress for the position that you want. Well, I was pretty fresh out of college at this point, and every time I'd gone for a job interview, I'd always worn a suit. So I showed up to this job interview in a full suit, only to find out it was a telephone sales job. And the guy looked at me like, what are you wearing? Now, I got the job, but that was beside the point. Now, the flip side is also true, because I was way overdressed that time. There's been another time that I remember where I was way underdressed. 
And this is also going back quite a ways. When we still lived up in Okaboji, I was actually the council secretary for the church where we belonged to. And we were going through the sale of one of our, our old building to a different congregation. And since I was an officer, I had to go and, and sign the paperwork. Well, they wanted to take pictures of this event. And I was fresh off. I was still working at the golf course at that time. So I was fresh off of my outdoor work. I was wearing a ratty T-shirt and a gross hat. And I just was not looking the part. And all these other people are wearing suits. And here's me in this really old, grubby look. And they took pictures. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I've been on both sides of this coin. I have at times been way overdressed, and I've at times been way underdressed. And I'm guessing this is probably the case for everybody. Have we all had an experience like this on one side or the other where you walk in and you're like, oh, man. Okay, good. So it's a universal feeling. Let's tuck that in the back of our minds. I'll kind of come up here in a second. And let's talk about our scripture. So... If the general theme of today's gospel lesson sounded familiar, it, 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 we're, we're kind of going in this theme. We've been in this now for a few weeks. It happens during, in the setting of Holy Week, or what we call Holy Week. It's in the last week of Jesus' life before his, uh, before his betrayal and his arrest. And it's happening in Jerusalem. And he's in and out of the city, and he's spending a lot of time teaching in the temple courts and interacting with a lot of different people, all these numerous crowds that are there for the celebration of the Passover, this, this Jewish festival. And things are really coming to a head. And as per usual, he's been butting heads with a lot of the religious elite, the people who think that he is a threat to their, their way of practicing their faith, and he's, he's challenging them, and some of his teachings are a challenge. So there's all of this tension that's going on between the two. And he's been telling these different parables that kind of continue to make the point of, of the, the, the expectations are not always going to meet what we think they're supposed to be, or our practices are not always in line, and, and maybe the kingdom of heaven is going to look different, and, and who's going to be invited into the kingdom of heaven is going to look different, and the invitations may be ignored, and other people might get it. And all of this theme just kind of keeps on going and going and going. And then he tells this particular parable. He says, the king was throwing a wedding banquet for his son. So, you know, if the king is doing it, this is pretty high priority, right? It's, it's pretty important. And all these people are invited, but now it's time for the celebration, and he sends his, his servants off to go and, and bring the people in, and they're all like, yeah, no, we're not going to come. And some of them make some excuses, and then we hear that some of them mistreat the servants, and, and that's probably a, an idea of the way that the uh, religious people at times have mistreated the prophets of old and, and different people who God had sent. That's kind of what all this is really aimed at. But So they mistreat the servants, and they don't show up. And the king is so mad, and I don't blame him. He was throwing a party for his son. He wants his son to be honored, and all the invitees, is that a word, invitees? Is that right? I don't know. I just said a word that I don't think I've ever heard before. All the people who are invited, they, they just blow them off. So then the king says, I want you to go out into the streets. Anyone you can find, bring them on in here because the celebration must be full. This, the house must be full. This is worth celebrating. And so countless people come in, and they find all of these different people. Now, there's a little cultural thing that's important to recognize here. There's, there's the talk of the, the wedding robe. We, we heard that in there. We've got this one guy who doesn't have the wedding robe, and when the king comes through, he notices it. And, and it was the duty of the host to provide this wedding attire. So, you know, when, when parents have to, to shell out for the tuxes for all the guys, you got to shell out for tuxes for everybody in this case. 
And this one guy, for whatever reason, doesn't have one. And the king gets really mad about it. He says, how did you get in here without your wedding robe? And the man is speechless. He says nothing. And then we hear that the guy gets kind of a, I think maybe the king overreacts just slightly, bind him hand and foot and throw him out into the outer darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't know exactly what that means, but it does not sound nice. So that's the story. Jesus is talking about this. And I really was kind of scratching my head, like, what is, what is he getting at here? And what is this ongoing theme and this idea that those who are first invited have ignored it? I think all of this is at play. And over and over again in recent weeks, we've had this theme, this reminder that Jesus gives us that that not everyone who is invited to become part of the kingdom, to enter into the kingdom, a lot of people blow that off for whatever reason, right, wrong, or otherwise. They don't want to live their lives in a way that reflects it. But when God is throwing the celebration, everyone seemingly is invited because he sends the people out. Go and find everyone that you can. The celebration must be full. And a lot of people come in, people that we might not expect, people that we might not think are worthy to be there. But then we've got this one random guy. And I was scratching my head, what do we do with that? What is that all about? And I think when we consider that this parable is about the kingdom of heaven, the celebration that is the kingdom, and apparently there's some sort of attire, some sort of thing that we're supposed to be wearing. Well, what is that? And the only thing that I can think of is that the robe that is described is the gratitude, the joy, the peace, the the way that we live our lives in response to this invitation. I mean, it's a metaphor, but you put on this robe of joy, this robe of gratitude that God has given us, that God has provided for us in this celebration, in this joyful party that is apparently the kingdom of God. But who is this guy? And I went round and round and round. And what is that? And I asked some friends of mine, some colleagues, I said, what do you make of this parable? And one, one of my colleagues, who I think is much smarter than me, he made a point. He says, who do you think that guy is? I said, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. He says, I think that's Jesus. I said, no, Jesus is telling the story. He says, well, yeah, but Jesus does this sometimes. Jesus has given up his robe. He has given up his place in the kingdom. And he was thrown out. He was tortured. He was killed. He was bound hand and foot and thrown into the outer darkness, whatever that means. He took our place. And where we're at in the the overarching narrative, that is coming up right after this. This happens during Holy Week, and right after this happens, Jesus is arrested, and he's bound hand and foot. He's locked away in the darkness overnight, and then he dies. He dies on our behalf to somehow overcome the brokenness that we all experience. He's overcome the brokenness of this reality and of this world so that every single one of us may have that robe and be welcomed into the party. I think this metaphor, this parable, whatever we want to call it, maybe Jesus is getting right on the nose because he knows what's about to happen. I will give up my robe of righteousness so that you may have one. That's the promise of the gospel. None of us are deserving. And every one of us at one point or another probably resists the invitation, but the invitation is still given. And with what Jesus has done on our behalf, 
we are all welcomed. We are welcomed into the celebration. So let's have a party. Amen.